as I said, the other story tonight is the slide of the Indian rupee. No need to panic, said the government. The rupee will recover in the next few days. But it fell again to a new low today, nearly crossing the 60 rupees mark to the dollar. That's fallen over 3% in the last 48 hours. That's when the RBI was forced to intervene by selling off some dollars. They're not calling it a formal intervention, but they sold off dollars today and the rupee recovered slightly, but still closed at its lowest ever today. And I spoke earlier this evening to the Deputy Chairman of the Planning Commission, Montek Singh Aluwalia. Of course, the big question is whether it will cross that psychological 60 rupee mark. Dr. Aluwalia, thanks very much for joining us. We are the Chief Economic Advisor today saying that this is not about India and a local issue. This is more global. The dollars got stronger, so other currencies have been falling against it. He gave the South Africa example. But many others ask, isn't this more about the fact of a weak Indian economy, that our fundamentals are bad, that's why the rupee is sliding so badly? Well, I think you certainly have to look at what's happening globally. I mean, this is not... Uh, just something happening in India. I mean, I've seen the numbers and probably if you look at it from uh, the 1st of January, uh, South Africa, Brazil, Turkey, uh, they've all depreciated. Actually, South Africa has depreciated a lot. Uh, Brazil and Turkey a little bit less so, but roughly comparable to us. So actually what is happening is it's a period of global volatility in currencies. I mean, basically the dollar has been going up uh, right now there's some uncertainty about that also because the Federal Reserve has sort of signaled that they may be changing their monetary stance uh, regarding QE and that will create some uncertainty about what happens to the dollar. So it's a very uncertain time globally uh, and uh, I don't think that our movement is that different uh, from that of other emerging market countries. Now of course you know it's right to look at the fundamentals but I think if you look at the fundamentals in India uh, yes, there are problems, but there are fewer problems than there were five months ago. But the fact, uh, again, Dr. Aluwalia, that as the government says, don't panic, the Indian rupee nearly hitting 60 rupees unless uh, to the dollar, the RBI then intervened in a sense, and the Indian rupee has gone down about 8% since the 1st of May. That's a record low. We're actually the lowest performing in Asia, forget South Africa. What's, your, what's the response to that? I believe that uh, with the steps that the government has taken to revive investment mm -hmm. through the cabinet committee on investment etc and those those steps are not fully evident yet because some of them are still being processed I think we can look forward in the rest of the year to a gradual revival of investor sentiment uh, a better growth performance and a fiscal situation that's much more under control now in those circumstances I think we should be able to attract uh, the capital inflows that we need. Now, uh, you know, having said that, let me say that, you know, week to week, uh, if the exchange rate is not fixed, and I should repeat that we mm -hmm. have repeatedly said our exchange rate is not fixed. I mean, market sentiment can vary the rupee a little bit up and down. So, you know, people are going to make money and lose money when the rupee goes up or the rupee goes down. And it's not the job of the Reserve Bank to prevent these kinds of market movements. But Dr. Aluwalia, given that psychologically at least if the rupee crosses uh, the 60 rupee mark to the dollar, there will be a huge impact, especially in election year. Also given the fact you talk about <coughs> reforms, but what the only big UPA game changer in a sense coming up is the food security bill, possibly the ordinance which is likely to be cleared by the cabinet on Thursday. 
what's the impact that's actually going to have because given the growing uh, the worries the finance minister has to control the deficit the food security ordinance isn't going to help at all in fact it's probably going to make matters worse no, let me say, I think uh, the food security bill should not surprise the market. I mean, the government has consistently said that they regard the food security initiative as important. They want to either a bill, it can't be a bill. I mean, if we had to act now, it would be an ordinance or a bill. I don't know what the government will decide. But, you know, the quantity of difference that it makes is not that huge. I mean, the additional burden, if the food security bill, as at least the version I saw, uh, comes in, uh, would be an extra 20,000 crores a year. Now, given the size of the Indian economy and the size of the budget and the fact that we ought to cut some other subsidies, that's not going to break anything. I mean, it is perfectly possible, in my view, if the government regards food security as its top priority, which it does, mm -hmm. then I think we can balance the budget on other things, especially other subsidies. I don't think the food security bill is is something that alters the basic arithmetic uh, of macro balance in the economy and the market uh, markets are expecting it i mean it's not a surprise to anybody mm -hmm. well uh, dr alwale the balancing act of economics and uh, politics in a sense has been one that the government has struggled with and the big question of course always remains the opposition always points to the fact that this government is led by an economist uh, you as a head of deputy the planning commission work closely with the prime minister Yet our economy is in such a mess and the falling rupee is only a symptom of that. Well, look, I mean, the government has been uh, in, in power for approximately nine years. Uh, in eight of those nine years, the growth rate has been extraordinarily good. In the ninth year, the growth rate does not look to be very good. But this is a year in which the Eurozone has contracted. So quite honestly, mm -hmm. it is completely unfair to relate the competence of the government to the performance in this last year. Or, I mean, we don't know what the performance will be this year. I believe it's going to improve. I think you have to keep in mind that if you want to judge how the economy is being managed, I mean, the right thing to do is take a look over the eight years or so, nine years or so as a whole. Now, if you do that, the average growth rate in the nine years as a whole, including the 5% growth of the previous year, is about 8.2%. The but previous government's record for a six-year period or a seven-year period was approximately 57 But Dr. Alwale, comparisons are not what people are looking for. People are looking for what the situation is now, not the better or worse of these two options. No, no, uh, let me put it this way. The in every government, there have been odd years when the growth rate has been low. I think the lowest growth rate in the NDA government was about 4.2%. The lowest growth rate in the UPA government has been 5% last year. I don't believe it's going to be 5% this year. Mm -hmm. So, quite frankly, I mean, while I can understand that in a world of instant television, you're evaluating the economy every five minutes. And right now you're looking at an economy which is hopefully bottoming out. Any longer term assessment of how the economy has gone, I mean the Indian economy is much better off than it was seven or eight years ago. And I believe that in the current year, it will be better than it was last year. And frankly, there's, you know, that's the performance that people should look at, at least if they're talking about the general election.
Dr. Aduwalia, thank you very much uh, for joining me this evening. Uh, joining me live now, my two guests, uh, Sajid Chinoy of uh, JP Morgan, also Tavleen Singh, still with us. Sajid Chinoy, uh, Dr. Aluwalia, presenting a confident voice, a confident argument there. Would you agree with him? Raghuram Rajan as well, making the point that FIS will come in, he says. Misplaced confidence or do you think uh, in this case they may have a point? You know, both, both things can be true, uh, Sonia. One is that, to be fair, uh, the current sell-off in the rupee is very similar to what's happening around the world. There's been a global sell-off in emerging markets. Um, the current account deficit countries like India, like Brazil, South Africa, Mexico, Turkey have all suffered in a similar vein. And so we can't really attribute what's happened to the rupee over the last month uh, to India-specific factors. But what it's revealed is there are vulnerabilities. And the biggest one really is we have a very large an unsustainable current account deficit and that's the reason why the rupee has performed so badly in Asia. Everybody has this current account surplus, uh, we are current account deficit and so we've suffered like other countries. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a key vulnerability. Um, the second is that a lot of that financing is not happening through FDI flows, it's happening through hot money, through portfolio flows and the lack of FDI flows or, or the smaller quantum that reflects, I think, uh, you know, weaknesses in the domestic economy. That growth has slowed. The investment climate has been extremely weak over the last three, four years. So, at some level, today's sell-off is not an India-specific phenomenon, but it reveals just how vulnerable we are on the external sector, both in the quantum of the current account deficit and the, and the manner in which it's being financed. Tavleen, is that, is that concern something the government wakes up to? Because the economists may say all the right things, but there's no politically, it's a very different direction. The food security bill, Montek Singh Alwale says that won't put extra stress in a sense on the deficit or the markets are expecting it. But you're a known opponent of that bill and you've expressed concern about, in a sense, the government's uh, no reaction to the rupee. Okay, look, I'm not an economist, I'm a political analyst. Mm -hmm. And I blame the collapse of the Indian economy, the, the falling of the rupee, everything on government policy in the past four years, right? The first UPA one term was not as bad as this one. This one, I'm, again, I'm going to speak in layman's terms. You've got 10 lakh crore rupees worth of projects that, are, that remain stuck because the environment ministry or some other ministry of the government of India refuses to clear them. That's a lot of money that's stuck. You've got a retrospective tax, uh, you know, which could change the rules of, of tax paying for foreign companies. We've seen the, the harassment of many foreign companies in this. We've seen the harassment of Indian companies because the government keeps changing its rules of investment. Now, you know, in such an atmosphere, and then secondly, we've got reckless spending on, um, you know, on uh, Lady Bountiful economics, you know. We've got, uh, you know, give them more food, give them free this, give them free that. The food bill I oppose because I don't believe that Montek is telling the truth when he says it's just another 20,000 crores. I've read a figure that says it's going to be more like a lakh and 20,000 crores. And where are we going to get the though money course, or the no, grain? He, though, of course, he makes the point on subsidies on petrol and diesel. I presume he's hinting at subsidies on that as well. They haven't Sajid done a thing. Sonia, they haven't done a thing. They've done nothing to improve the investment climate. Mm -hmm. There's gloom everywhere. They've created no jobs. The private sector can't create jobs. They've taken the whole country down. 
and ironically of course we know that the food security bill is at the moment backed by all parties in a sense except in the left which wants it to be universal but Sajid Chinoy come in on that point when you're talking about uh, possible reforms in a sense the hesitation given that this is now election year that that's what's going to happen the next uh, one year will any foreign investor or uh, look at actually putting their money into India at a time when the country is going into elections Yeah, well, that's a very legitimate concern. I think the biggest problem we face today is the investment climate is very weak. And it goes back to the point Tavleen was making. Frankly, for me, the biggest constraint on growth and investment is stalled projects. You, you see that projects on the ground that have started but either had to be installed or abandoned is at record highs. And the concerns are largely policy and regulatory. It's land acquisition, it's coal linkages, it's environmental clearances, it's raw material availability. If that, and, 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 the, and the upshot of that is actually that balloons the current account deficit. Coal imports have doubled, fertilizer imports are up 30%. Iron ore exports have tumbled off because the Supreme Court banned mining. So this has a, a double whammy. It affects investment, affects growth, therefore affects foreign investment, but it also balloons your current account deficit and therefore makes you more externally vulnerable. I mean, to be fair, let's give the government some credit. Uh, compared to six months ago, things are much better. Uh, we've avoided a ratings downgrade. The fiscal deficit's now under control. Inflation pressures have been coming off, so mm -hmm. they're threatened by a weak rupee. Uh, and the fact is, you know, we're in a pre-election year and diesel prices have gone up so far. So they get some credit clearly for what's happened, but much more will have to be done on the ground. It's only when growth picks up meaningfully and the investment climate picks up meaningfully will I think India be able to attract the quantum of FDI that we need both for investment and to support the rupee. Right. Uh, Sajid Chinoy Tavleen Singh, thanks so much uh, for joining me tonight. I said, let's see what happens with the rupee in the days ahead and will the food security ordinance likely to be passed this Thursday, as our reporters have been saying as well. Thanks so much, Tavleen and Sajid Chinoy, for joining me.